0: I'm on top of
1: the world, I'm on top of the world, this for a while now, my to the As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Welcome to Brothers in Arms, brought to you by Catholic Men for Jesus Christ, with your hosts, George Rose and Bill Maher. Stay tuned as George, Bill, and their guests discuss topics relevant to Catholic men living out their faith in today's challenging world. And now, here are the hosts of Brothers in Arms, George Rose and Bill Maher.
2: Well, good evening, my brothers. This is George Rose. And this is not, Bill And not quite Bill Maher. <laughs> Jez Ford. Yes, we have the, uh, the great pleasure of having the great Jez Ford on, on the show once again. Bill Maher is away on a business trip. Billy, we hope you're having a great trip while you're away. And uh, you're probably getting back uh, in a short while. I think North Carolina is where Billy is this week.
3: That's country.
2: Yeah, got to bring, bring home the bacon, right, for the family.
3: That's
2: what he's, that's what he's doing, I'm sure of it. Yes, he's, he's, he is, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> and we also have uh, Coach John McKenna of Notre Dame, strength and conditioning coach from Notre Dame, uh, here today with us in the studio. We're going to be interviewing later in the show. How you doing, Coach? I'm doing terrific. Never had a bad day in my life. Wow, that's, that's great. Good stuff. <laughs> that's what a great way to start the show. I wish I could say the same, but maybe I will anyway. <laughs>
0: well, as long as I wake up every day and I get a chance to make a difference, that's what it's all about. So I'm, I'm thrilled to be here.
2: Awesome. Well, we're very psyched to have you. Coach McKenna has uh, been, you've been coaching at uh, Strength and Conditioning, coach at Notre Dame for 20 plus years 20 now, right? 20 plus years
0: there. I've been doing strength and conditioning for over 35 years.
2: Wow, awesome. Well, maybe we can get some tips on how to. Uh, Get rid of the, uh, the extra pounds we're going to put on <laughs> over the Christmas season, New Year's season. <laughs> not, quite, not quite ready for it yet, but maybe at the end, at the end of the year. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Jez, as you know, you've done this before with us a few times. We always start with the Saint of the Month.
3: Saint of the Month, okay, who are we yeah, going so with?
2: The, so the Saint of the Month that jumped at me is, is, a, is a, an English saint, a British saint.
3: Jolly good. <laughs> saint thomas
2: saint thomas beckett
3: is it beckett or is it thomas a beckett
2: see people call him that too but yeah. it's not really correct it's it's what's called a victorian affectation
3: oh look at you yes <laughs> Victorian. well we don't want any victorian affectations so
2: but his real name was thomas beckett or tommy to his friends yes lord tommy lord tommy of england I well, think, is, is his nickname yeah, from, from the
3: king. <laughs> Tommy Boy. So what's, what's Thomas Beckett? Uh, um,
2: well, what is up with the Thomas? What is a Victorian affectation? I might sound smart saying that, but I don't really know. Honestly, like,
3: I don't know. I actually thought <laughs> it was more to do with his French connection. So in my, and I'm totally open to being shot down here, my memory <laughs> of Thomas Beckett was he had uh, uh, a love of France and spent some of his childhood in France. And then later on, actually, was almost self-exiled to France. This is all true. Okay, so the ah part, it just sounds French. Thomas a Beckett.
2: Well thomas right so he was born in uh 1118 december 21st 1118 which if you're a student of history you would realize is not too long after the battle of hastings in 1066. never
3: heard of that battle george the
2: norman conquest of england normans yes never heard of them. william duke of normandy
3: william no
2: battle of hastings he then became william the conqueror no never heard of
3: him <laughs> so uh
2: Wait, I believe William the
3: Conqueror shoots um, King Har- Harold king in Harold. the eye. Yes, I On see the, your eye
2: twitching as you're is, mentioning yeah. that. Yeah, yeah,
3: it's, it's like a, it's a sympathy pain. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, yeah. and that's how William the Conqueror uh, uh, became king of England, as well as France, right? Yes,
2: mm. yes, and then. Uh, so, so Thomas Beckett's parents were actually Normans. I believe they came from France after that. So there was a big influx of French. Thomas Becket. Beckett. Thomas a Beckett. I knew it. Yep. Uh, so it's not just a Victorian affectation. That would have been much later. So perhaps uh, you've corrected me. Thank you for yeah. bringing your British insight into this discussion of the saint. Of French blood. <laughs> so why was he
3: sanctified?
2: So, uh, he died on December 29th, 1170, which is also his feast day, mm. um, but we probably won't celebrate because it's the octave of Christmas, right? That's right, right. superseded. Yeah, superseded. Christmas
3: is too big for a day.
2: But he was uh, assassinated in Canterbury Cathedral. He was actually the Archbishop of Canterbury, and uh, he was assassinated. So the the, the story is, um, you know, his, his in his young life, his parents were French. They uh, He was a very smart young man. They were upper-middle-class family, and they sent him to um, a monastery and then the University of Paris, And when he returned to England, he received a job in the household of Theobald, who was the Archbishop of Canterbury. And the post went very well. Theobald trusted Thomas in many delicate matters. And uh, he also caught the attention of Henry II, who was the king at the time. And Henry and uh, Thomas became fast friends. And in 1153, at the age of 35... Uh, Thomas was appointed the Archdeacon of Canterbury, and in the following year, he was appointed the Lord Chancellor of England by Henry II, and he and Henry became fast friends. Mm. Uh, then Theobald died in 1161, and Henry appointed his friend Thomas to be the new archbishop. Now, there's some things out there about Thomas. so it's Actually, I found an issue. Wait,
3: is... was Thomas yes. ordained? Prior to?
2: From what I read, he was a pre- he was ordained a priest one day and archbishop the next. So he did go to a monastery when he was younger, but I don't think he was formally uh, mm. went through seminary and, and holy orders and all of that. Okay. Um, but the interesting thing about Thomas is, so here's an article from the National Catholic Register that describes Thomas. And in, in the opening sentence is, St. Thomas Beckett may be the least appealing of the saints. <laughs> he mm. was arrogant, inflexible, Combative and convinced that he was always right, and that was after his conversion. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, yeah, so you know, and he he was became Lord Chancellor of England, which maybe you can explain. That's basically that's what Saint Thomas More was later
3: on, right? Many years later
2: under a different Henry,
3: who also went through his own little purgatory as Chancellor. Yes. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know Chancellor of the Exchequer. Obviously, it still exists in England, or maybe it, it's not obvious, but that's, that's your head of finances. Um, so you control all the tax collection and
2: revenues yeah, for, for the state, it's basically. It's a huge job. Yeah. Uh,
3: so you, you've got to be highly favored to take that on. And you've also got to be pretty sharp. You've got to know your stuff. So Thomas would be um, certainly a bright man and a financially savvy man and a trusted man of the king at the time.
2: Yeah, a very capable man. Yeah. Uh, for sure.
3: But it wasn't to last.
2: No, it wasn't to last. And, and you know, the thing with, with Thomas was he um, he really wanted to be rich. And, you know, when the, the king appointed him Lord Chancellor, he received many gifts from Henry. He became a wealthy man, came across a lot of business opportunities, enabled him to become uh, very wealthy. At one point, he had a private fleet of three ships, and he was known for being like ostentatious, even more ostentatious than the king yeah. in many ways. <laughs> so, um, when Theobald, the archbishop, passed away, uh, Henry decided that he wanted to make Thomas uh, the archbishop of Canterbury. So he basically appointed him that. I'm not quite sure in the research I did how you know. I always thought it was the pope who did that, but um, somehow I think the king had a lot of influence at that point in time and. And he appointed him as the Archbishop of Canterbury. And Thomas uh, became the Archbishop, but he gave up his Lord Chancellorship. He knew that he couldn't do both. And, And actually, a change came over Thomas at the time he was appointed Archbishop. And he told Henry before he did that that if you do this and you want me to be the Archbishop of Canterbury, he said, I'll do it, but you're probably going to end up hating me at some point. And he knew in his heart that... He couldn't do the things that Henry wanted him to do. Like Henry wanted him, wanted to have more influence over the church. He wanted to be able to borrow money from the church's rich coffers. He wanted to be able to have inconvenient marriages annulled, things like that.
3: Yeah, this is pre-Henry VIII.
2: Yeah, this is way before. This is, you know, four, three, four hundred years before Henry VIII. um, But Thomas was, you know, they say that the divine grace came over Thomas because he was not a very devout or pious person up to that point, you know, at least outwardly. And he became convinced that the church needed to remain independent of the state in order to, um, carry out its role in the world and in England. Um, you know, he became more careful about his religious obligations. He became generous to the poor and ultimately he and Henry started clashing on a lot of things because Henry couldn't control him. Uh, couldn't have the church and the archbishop do the things that, uh, the crown wanted it to do. So he called, uh, Thomas a traitor, mm. and Thomas then eventually uh, escaped to France, went back to France for seven years, and he was under the protection of uh, King Louis the Seventh there uh, for seven years, and uh, made his way back to, you know, King Louis would make appeals to Henry to allow Thomas to come back, and eventually he did come back to England, and when he returned, he immediately excommunicated four bishops. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, you know, it's weird because at the beginning you talked about the things that um, were not clever with Thomas, um, somewhat obnoxious and self-righteous and yep. uh, 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 and, and pretty motivated. But it, it seems that the Lord somehow uses all of that in the terms because you, you kind of need that to be a saint. And the excommunication of the four bishops, uh, he's gone through a period where his, his initial life is, is focused on the love of of mammon yep. and then that switch, uh, the focus on the love of God, you still need those characteristics in a sense to, uh, to have a, a clear focus and um, eventually I think it produces that famous line from the king. Yes. You should say in an English accent. Should I? Yeah, I think so.
2: I'm going to butcher it though. I think do probably it. you should do no, it. No, you do it. <laughs> I'll do it then you Just do it. Just for laughs. Will no one relieve me of this troublesome priest? <laughs>
3: <laughs> that's actually better than i could have done it really and, and four knights of four nights took the, him, of of him at his
2: realm. took him at his word and left the palace left the palace went to the uh cathedral of canterbury yep and they hacked him to death in the
3: cathedral with the swords like any with, good knight would yes
2: and brutal. Uh, yeah brutal and they're you know and and uh i think henry um, i'm sorry uh, thomas tried to defend himself and you know Told the knights, "What are you doing?" And, and they wouldn't listen. And they, they they hacked him to death. And and uh, therefore he's known as a martyr, bishop and martyr, assassinated mm. in a cathedral that he was the archbishop of.
3: Well, I know we're kind of run out of time. A little segue with the two Henrys: Henry the Second, right? Yeah, is the king that has him killed, or indirectly has him killed? Yeah, and Henry the Eighth that we talked about before, years later, uh, in the dissolution of the monasteries, had the troops enter Canterbury exhume his bones Mm. and crush them. Really? That's the power of uh, sanctity. So he was crushed by two Henrys. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. 400 years later. Yeah, nuts.
2: Wow, that that is nuts.
3: And some of those bones actually made it out of the country and have been returned um, to uh, England in the last uh, three years and are revered throughout the land. Yeah, well, I don't have much... To
2: say, good to say about Henry VIII, but it is said that, um, Henry II, who was Thomas's close friend, I think he really had, uh, felt bad about what happened, had, you know, some repentance. There were a lot of miracles uh, and miraculous healings that happened, uh, after Thomas Beckett was killed. And, and the people of England, when they heard the story, they really took to it, you know, and, and, and started praying to him, the religious fervor for the, for him increased. And, uh, after two years, the reports of the miracles through his, of his intercession were so numerous that the Pope declared him a saint. And then Henry traveled to the cathedral, stripped off his shirt and knelt at his friend's tomb and let the monks of the cathedral take turns whipping him.
1: Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's, yeah. a, that's amazing. Yeah. So Henry
2: II, I think, uh, certainly had a turn of heart and, and uh, repented of, of, you know, the evil that had happened to his friend
3: so weird isn't it uh, no the part where he had the monks whip him whip him yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's gonna be weird okay here we <laughs> yeah it's, a, it's like a monty python it episode really or something it's so funny
2: <laughs> all right well i guess that's our saint of the month thomas beckett december 29th so remember him when you're celebrating the octave of christmas mm. Uh, keep him in your mind and read up on him he's a saint i had always heard a lot about and i never knew is is thomas beckett and thomas a beckett are they two separate people now i know they're one and thank you for all the uh the great insight from across the pond jazz we appreciate it Hey, you
3: you helped me i I appreciate it we're
2: gonna we're gonna take a break and we'll be back in two minutes
1: hi i'm mike walsh co-host of talking catholic Every week, our show will bring you in-depth interviews with the hardworking people doing the Lord's work in parishes, schools, and ministries. Our increasingly secularized world often makes it easy to forget that we are surrounded by wonderful workers in the vineyard. On Talking Catholic, we will bring you their perspectives on how we can better serve God and our neighbors. Tune in to Talking Catholic on Sundays at 11 a.m. and Mondays at 4 p.m. We asked people all over America, what have you done for your marriage today? Boy, I gave a huge hug this morning, like a really big squeeze that lasted forever, great kiss, those things are really important.
2: She got a really short haircut that she hated, and I wrote her a note and put it up on the mirror saying that she was a cute girl with cute hair.
1: What have I done for my marriage today? We've actually organized a date night tonight.
2: What have I done for my marriage today?
1: Wow, that is a great question. Uh, I took the baby while she worked. I got up with the baby while he slept. Yeah. (laughs) Today, I sent an email to my husband, and I said, you rock.
2: Well, I've done today what I usually do, and that is obey.
0: I listened to my wife uh, when
3: we talked on the telephone today. She really likes it when I listen.
1: What have you done for your marriage today? Little things can make a big difference. For ideas, go to foryourmarriage.org, a message from the Catholic Communication Campaign. We asked people all over America, what have you done for your marriage today? Boy, I gave a huge hug this morning, like a really big squeeze that lasted forever. Great kiss. Those things are really important.
2: She got a really short haircut that she hated, and I wrote her a note and put it up on the mirror saying that she was a cute girl with cute hair.
1: What have I done for my marriage today? We've actually organized a date night tonight.
2: What have I done for my marriage
1: today? Wow, that is a great question. Uh, I took the baby
0: while she worked.
1: I got up with the baby while he slept. Yeah. (laughs) Today, I sent an email to my husband And I said, you
2: rock. Well, I've done today what I usually do, and that is obey.
0: I listened to my wife uh, when we talked on the telephone today. She really likes it when I listen.
1: What have you done for your marriage today? Little things can make a big difference. For ideas, go to foryourmarriage.org. A message from the Catholic Communication Campaign.
2: Well, good evening, my brothers. This is George Rose with my co host, uh, Bill Maher, Bill AKA, Maher. AKA, a.k.a. Gerard Ford. <laughs> Gerard
3: Ford. <laughs> yes, <Yeah>, Gerard Ford. <laughs> well, you say your name. How do you say your full name? Well, I, I go with Jez because I was always Jez, but in yes. England, it's Gerard. Jared, Jared, Dominic, Sebastian, Ford. See, even though here it would be Gerard. That's why I, I don't, yeah, you know, don't get into this. <laughs> hence, my I, hence my fumbling of the <laughs> pronunciation. <laughs> you should just call me Lord Ford. Lord Ford.
2: Actually, don't you? Didn't your wife get you a little? I am
3: um, I'm official. I'm officially a lord. My wife got of, me, in got Scotland, me right? A laird. I'm a laird of Blackwood Forest. Blackwood Forest in yeah. Scotland. She bought me uh, one square foot of land in Blackwood Forest. That brings with it some nobility and i hang on to that in fact i tried to have my passport changed <laughs> <laughs> but they denied it so, because the title is purchased
2: lord of blackwood
3: lord of blackwood yeah wow
2: now, have you seen the the one square foot? No, I've have got you people there? looking after it.
3: Oh, you do. Okay, <laughs> you've
2: never actually stood on it. Could you actually stand on it with both with, feet?
3: Not with, both, <laughs> unless one foot, if one foot was on top of the other.
2: <laughs> we could see you standing there like a like a, a an Italian statue on one leg, wearing ermine. Yes, that <laughs> also cr- looks like a sounds like a Monty Python episode. Yeah, I knew I off the Monty
3: Python thing. <laughs> So Jez is
2: fine. All right, we'll go with Jez. Okay, so in the news, Jez, uh, you know, this is our news segment. We always try to have a few news uh, topical stories to discuss, and front-page article in the uh, National Catholic Register is the uh, Peoria beatification set for uh, Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. We just spoke about one archbishop, Mm -hmm. now we're speaking about another. And um, it's actually, since the article came out, it's been postponed slightly, Uh Um, but— uh, but Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen, who uh, I think everybody knows, and certainly listeners of this station know that WFJS, the call letters, are Fulton J. Sheen, and um, Jim Manfredoni has a great devotion to the to the great Archbishop. And um, so his uh, the first miracle that was needed for his beatification has been verified. Mm. Uh, it was a young young boy who was stillborn. Uh, his name is James Fulton, and from Illinois. And 61 minutes later, after his mother, who had a great devotion to Bishop Sheen, uh, was praying to him in in her head, uh, 61 minutes later, doctors are able to revive the baby and he's fine. Today's like
3: 61 minutes, 61 minutes.
2: And today he's um, seven or eight years old, I believe. and, And he's a normal boy. I read one article that said, yeah, his mother. His mother said that, uh, you know, he runs around, he laughs, he had he, fart jokes and things like that, and he's a very normal kid from what they say. <laughs> so, awesome. yeah, so that's, you know, of course, the one miracle, one verified miracle required for beatification.
3: So what what's the, the process for ultimately canonization? One miracle for beatification, then one more yes. for canonization? So this yes. process has been going on for quite a while. Obviously. For a while, yeah,
2: yeah. And that miracle, first miracle, was approved by Pope Francis, mm-hmm. and the beatification ceremony was uh, was set for later this month. But um, there's a couple of things, I guess. The di he used to be bishop in the diocese of Rochester, and they uh, wanted to uh, in, you know look into a couple more things before uh, before he was beatified. So
3: bishops arguing about a bishop.
2: Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Um, you know, I think a lot of the things that they're, they're concerned about have already been investigated and cleared, uh, from what I've read. So hopefully it's just a minor delay for, uh, the archbishop, but what, you know, what a great life he led, you know, the, the show life is worth living. It's still, uh, it's still worth watching today. It's amazing. You know, he won two Emmy awards. Oh really? Yeah. He was on TV in the 1950s and, uh, he won two Emmy awards, a Catholic, priest can yeah. you imagine that doing a show
3: really the precursor national of show <laughs> catholic communications great saint of communications as well
2: yeah i'm sure he was a huge inspiration if i had to guess mother angelica for ewtn who you know we're an ewtn affiliate here at domestic church media mm. and i'm sure he had a huge influence on her when she was growing up yeah no absolutely. doubt so
3: and i was greatly revered uh for a period of time in my life i uh, spent with the uh, Franciscan friars, I've said it on air before, and Father Andrew Apostoli. Uh, Who was the uh,
2: postulator for his cause, right? He was he originally, was. yeah. Okay. Uh, uh,
3: God rest his soul. But he had a, a huge devotion mm-hmm. uh, to uh, Bishop Fulton Sheen, uh, so much so that many of his uh, uh, sort of uh, second class, third class, uh, large and small uh I don't know what, what you call it, like possessions at one point, including his prado, mm. uh, would show up in the friaries and would be revered uh, as he began to collect evidence of uh, mystical phenomena that surrounded his intercession. So uh, I'm delighted to see this this process go on. I don't think there's going to be much of a delay. I don't think it's going to uh, really halt the uh, eventual canonization of Fulton Sheen. So it's awesome. Great great for for new york great right, for america
2: it is great yep yeah, because he was the archbishop of saint patrick's cathedral in new york and now he's uh his body is entombed in peoria illinois uh at the cathedral there which is where he was ordained originally where mm. he grew up i think it's actually this year it was the 100th anniversary of his ordination oh really so yeah. it would have been nice for him to be beatified this year but yeah. it's okay it'll happen
3: god's timing is perfect
2: it is isn't it yeah yes okay well all right uh other topics of interest this month
3: uh well i, I it's probably a little old old news, but the, the, my Englishness is kicking in. I'm thinking about uh, John Henry Newman. Have you mentioned him at all he was uh, we have in the recently.
2: past, sure yeah. yeah, I think we mentioned him in the last show. He was canalized uh when in october
3: yep yep okay, which is which you know had significant uh effects in in the u k um In ways that weren't expected, actually, from what what I'm hearing. My father's a deacon in England. I've got other members that are involved in ministry. But one of the um, uh, ripple effects in a positive light of Cardinal Newman's uh, canonization was the unification of Protestants, Anglican Protestants, and Catholics. Because he was
2: a convert, wasn't he?
3: He was a triple convert. Triple convert. I think he was a convert from Presbyterianism Uh to high um anglicanism uh-huh. um, to roman catholicism wow and ultimately became known as the father of the um uh, second vatican council a lot of his thoughts and teachings in uh a piece that he wrote the uh the uh continuation of christian doctrine became uh, the underbelly of of uh the mindset of the second vatican council so had a huge role to play mm. in that uh, uh somewhat posthumously but nevertheless uh, significantly. Yeah it's
2: so, it's interesting seeing these more recent um figures become saints. It's uh it's yeah. interesting people that you know archbishop Fulton J Sheen died in 1979 I was in 7th grade or 8th grade at that point. <laughs> I wasn't
3: born at that point. No, no, wait, seventy-nine. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Honestly, I don't really remember him. He was, I'm sure he was older. He wasn't doing his TV show at that point. I was born in 1966, but I don't really remember him from when I was younger. But, um, but I could say, you know, we were contemporaries.
3: Yeah, Yeah. it's 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 huge. Yeah, I mean, there's probably been more canonizations in our lifetime, I I think. Anyway, yeah, through Pope John Paul II, Pope. Sure. Uh, Benedict and Pope Francis now. And there's there's a great need, that recognition that we have to overcome uh, the tendency towards sin and and vice with Mm. heroic virtue. We're all called to be saints, as the great saint Teresa of Calcutta would say. Yes, sir. Remember the quote? Yes. Go ahead.
2: Well, you just said
3: it, didn't you? No. Holiness. And this was at the U.S., um, prayer breakfast when Clinton was the president, President right. Clinton, she was asked by a journalist, do you know that people are calling you a saint right. before you die? And she looked at the journalist and said, do you know that you too are called to be a saint? That holiness is not a luxury for the few. It's an obligation for mm. all of us. Mm.
2: Boom. Boom. Drop the mic. Drop the mic. And I, I always wonder every time you tell, tell that story, whatever happened to that reporter,
3: He's probably living a holy life. Could be, yeah, he could be on his way to sainthood at this point.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So that that's awesome. Thanks. And um, another uh, topic, I guess, before we take our break, we'll we'll keep it short. um, Is uh, I'm sure everybody's heard of the Center for Medical Progress and and David Delayden. He's the young man who went undercover uh, and took videos of Planned Parenthood a couple years back and exposed that Planned Parenthood is selling fetal body parts uh, on the black market. Maybe not even on the black market. They're just disguising it as, as you know, so it's not being right. uh, characterized as, as selling body parts. But uh, Planned Parenthood took him, has taken him to court. And actually, uh, on November 15th, a San Francisco jury in a federal civil trial found David Delighton and his four co-defendants liable of trespass and illegal recording of conversations with Planned Parenthood staff among other violations of state and federal statutes, and ordered them to pay $2.2 million in damages to Planned Parenthood, which is... uh, How much? $2.2 million, which is kind of mind-boggling. It's crazy. It it is crazy. And, um, you know, to me, they've done a great service to the country uh, with the the videos that they Mm. uh, created, really brought an awareness about what Planned Parenthood is really doing out there. Um, so if you see them in the news, you you know, be aware of that. And it's interesting. It was in San Francisco (laughs) courtroom that this happened. Right. Um, but, but be aware of that and they need our prayers and, and our support. Uh, you know, I'm sure to fight this law case. I think the, the, I want to say the Thomas St. Thomas Moore or Thomas Moore legal center, I think is doing their defense. I remember reading at some point, but Uh, we can help them out with donations and things like that. And um, uh, is that know. the
3: place you would go to uh, if you were on uh, uh, online looking for the Thomas Moore Center to to make those donations?
2: I would think so. Do a Google search, you know, Center for Medical Progress, David Delaiden, and you'll find it out. And I believe it's a, it's the Thomas Moore Legal uh, Legal Center that's that's helping them out. So they need our help. And I guess uh, we're, Jez, we're getting close to uh, time to take a break. So why don't we do that? Uh, we'll be back in two minutes with our guest from Notre Dame High School, Coach John McKenna.
3: I am at
1: My friends, it's part of our mission here at WFJS to build awareness about what's going on in the world that Catholics need to know and understand. And we'd like to call your attention to a wonderful resource that we have here in the Diocese of Trenton that shares our mission to feed the Catholic community, the diocesan newspaper, The Monitor. The Monitor is an important source of news and information for us and delivers a wide range of content to its readers, both in print and online. Bishop O'Connell regularly uses The Monitor, just as he does with his monthly radio program here on WFJS to reach out to his people and make them aware of critical issues as well as developments within the diocese. Subscribing to The Monitor is easy. For the special price of $25 per year, you can have 26 issues delivered right to your home. And included in that price, you also get an online subscription, so we encourage you to subscribe today. Go to TrentonMonitor.com or call 609-403-7129.
2: Well, as a teenager, I didn't really see how relevant uh, religion was in my life. In my early 20s, I, I began to look at other faiths. Well, I, I understand as, as a Catholic that the things that I, were, I was given uh, at a very early age, those things never ended. They're still with me. That's what drew me back. Because the Catholic Church is, a, is worldwide, th- there are so many different types of people that come to the church. And, and it's a place where I feel accepted for who I am. I'm where God wants me to be. And, and I feel like my life is, can be used for what he wants now. And when I came back, I said, Lord, you were waiting for me the whole time with your arms open wide, and I have
3: come home.
1: If you've been away from the Catholic Church for whatever reason, we invite you to take another look. Visit catholicscomehome.org today.
2: Well, welcome back to Brothers in Arms, my brothers, on this uh, Friday evening in December. And if you're driving home from work, it's you know it's a it's a cool, crisp day out there. Not not really fall; it's more winter, oh, yeah. I would say. Winter is upon us, isn't it's it? It's a Jess? little nippy. It is it's a little, a little nippy. nippy. Yep. And on this segment of our show, we are going to uh, uh, we're, we're lucky today. We actually have our guest in studio, since he lives nearby. Usually, we have guests call in, but we have. Uh, coach McKenna, John McKenna, who's the strength and conditioning coach at Notre Dame High School. How you doing, Coach? I told you before, i never had a bad day in my life. I'm doing great. <laughs> great. That's awesome. To give you guys a little background on Coach, so he's the strength and conditioning coach at Notre Dame in Lawrenceville. And he's been a strength coach and football coach for over 36 years. He's been at Notre Dame for 20-plus years. And you do all the physical ed classes and and teams in season and out of season at at, uh, Notre Dame. And from what I've read, you were the first strength coach inducted into the New Jersey Coaches Hall of Fame. And you were recently honored by the National Football Foundation for your contribution to amateur athletics. You were also inducted into the Sports Faith Hall of Fame in Chicago. And... Believe you're you're also in the National High School Strength Coaches Association Hall of Fame, so you're in a lot of halls of fame there. I must say, <laughs> it's a <hall> of fame, <laughs> just say I've gotten
0: a little older. I've been around for a while. That's all. <laughs>
2: yeah, if you do anything long enough, you'll get in. You'll get you'll, into you'll a, hall get of in fame, a few right? hall of fames.
0: You grab a few rings. You grab a few.
2: You know, that's great. That's great. What is your the, that big ring on your finger from? There, that coach? is from the
0: uh, National High School Strength Coaches Association. I was inducted this year into the Hall of Fame out in uh, Nashville. And uh, it was quite an honor because it's an honor given to me by my peers. Mm. And it, it caught me off guard. I've been involved in the organization. Um, it's an organization just for high school strength coaches.
2: Wow. that's I never even knew such a thing existed. That's great. And
0: it, it's a great. The people started it are terrific people and everything. And they caught me off guard. They brought my whole family out, um, put us in one house, which doesn't happen because I've got a daughter in California. Uh-huh. We're all over the place. I got to uh, be with everybody. So it was a terrific event for us.
2: Wow, that's awesome. that what you said, Tennessee?
0: Out in uh, Nashville, yeah. Nashville,
2: Tennessee, wow. Which is
0: home for me because I'm a country guy, you know. Oh, are you? Oh, I, your country music and they are right together. And <laughs> that's all you hear in the Notre Dame weight room. You don't hear any rap. You don't hear any. You hear country music.
2: How are the kids with that?
0: They love it. <laughs> Do they? It's funny, um, Rich Cannell, who just took the intern head coach job up at Boston College for the bowl game, was in yesterday and he was talking because. Uh, we run this thing called a circuit we go all the way through the room with our morning lift and everything yeah and i used to put the song uh, from brooks and dunn red dirt road on and repeat mm. it over and over mm. i think we had it the highest we ever had it. that went over and over 40 times
2: wow what's and the song again red dirt road red dirt road um, by who brooks and dunn brooks and dunn the kids
0: will all come back now we've been doing this for 20 years and the kids will say they'll be driving down the road and they'll hear that song, and I'll get a text. Just <laughs>
2: remember when, you
1: know. And, For the rest of their lives, and, right? And it's great. You know, it's they jump great out of the car and, you know. start doing press-ups. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's awesome. That's all, yeah, I've, well, I took my son, Sean, who's in eighth grade at St. Raphael's, on a, uh, to the Notre Dame Open House, and we got a tour of your weight room, which is pretty impressive. It's down. It's like in the dungeons of Notre Dame. It's all in the basement, right? We are the old 1950
0: bomb shelter. Yeah, in the basement of Notre Dame. Really? And I started with the front part of it. Right. And I took that over, and I, I was very blessed to get some good equipment through some great people and everything. And then we just kept expanding throughout the basement, and then we added the turf area in the back. Yep. Um, and that used to be all dirt back there. Really? Yeah, and, um, wow. Right now, um, we have one of the nicest. Um, it may not be pretty, kind of uh-huh. like me. Not pretty, but we're very <laughs> functional. Uh, some of the equipment we have there is unbelievable.
2: I could say the same thing about Jez as well. He's not pretty, go. but he's very functional. Yeah. <laughs>
3: I don't even know if I'm that functional.
2: <laughs> Me, I'm pretty and functional. <laughs> <You're> amazing. <laughs> but, uh, wow, that's really cool to hear. The, the, so, that, so that used to be a bomb shelter. The boys and the, and the, and the girls are training in a, in a former bomb shelter.
0: Well, I, and uh, I, I'll tell you what. It, it's old school. Um, it's very faith-based. Yeah. Um, As you could tell because you've been in my room. Sure. um, And and we are faith based. And um, we start everything with prayer from the morning lift. We start everything with the uh, Pledge of Allegiance. Mm. Uh, We're very um, dedicated to our country. And I think uh, the kids need that. They need that teaching. They need that.
2: um, And they respond to it too, don't they? They do. They love it.
0: I mean, um, I have uh, in the diocese right now our, our Catholic Athletes for Christ group. Yes, it's one of the biggest one in the uh, Trenton Diocese. Yeah,
2: and and you and Father Jason are now uh, heads of the, the uh, Catholic I, Athletes for Christ I, in the Diocese. I was very blessed right?
0: about two months ago. Um, uh, Bishop O'Connell came to me and asked me if I would take over the, uh, mm. uh, the uh, Catholic Catholic of Christ for the whole diocese. Yeah. And um, I was honored because um, I've got some great ideas, what, what I think we need to do. One of them, and we'll talk a little bit about the father son retreat we got coming up. Yeah. Um, just some of the things we're trying to do, um, but we're trying to give the kids a foundation mm. and it's not a whole lot different. And I, and I say this to the kids all the time. My job as a strength coach isn't a lot different than my job as a faith coach. Mm. It's to give them that foundation mm. so they can make that decision of where they want to go with their faith. Mm. But if they don't have that foundation, you can't grow. Mm. Um, you, know, you don't have the tools in your toolbox. You can't grow. Yeah, sure. And um, and we kind of—I've always related it to that And all the years I've been doing it. Um, I started—when I was at Notre Dame, I was doing a, I guess, a version of the Catholic Athletes for Christ. We've had Catholic Athletes for Christ for eight years. But I did it through— um, I was very blessed to uh, train some guys in the NFL, and I trained Gary Brackett. Mm-hmm. And at that time, I got turned on to um, Coach Dungey, and he, he, he does some great inspirational stuff. Oh, Coach so we T- Tony
2: Dungey, right? Right. Wow.
0: So we formed our team together, and we started our own kind of like, I guess you would call it our own little Bible study. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, we talk about life, talk about what the kids are going through and how you're related to faith and everything, to give them that foundation. And then it just evolved into the Catholic Athletes of Christ group.
2: Yeah, well, that's great. Yeah, Tony John Dungy, he's, he's known as a, a, a man of great faith.
0: Oh, unbelievable. Yeah. And um, we use his, um, he has an uncommon, um, uh, it's called Uncommon Faith or Uncommon Daily, but it's a daily book mm. of lessons and prayers and everything. And we use, I, really? read, it, I read it every day. And um, it's called um, Uncommon Life, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's daily uh, messages, daily prayers, mm-hmm. and it's, it's unbelievable.
2: Wow, that's and great.
0: He's a man that has lived through adversity. He lost his son. That's right. Um, and um, so everything hasn't been sugar-coated with him. Yeah. yeah. So uh, that, that's why, you know, I, I think the faith is important because we all get thunderbolts in our life. Mm-hmm. And if we don't—I can't imagine not having a faith-based personality and getting a thunderbolt. How do you get through it?
2: Yeah, Sure. Yeah. In in any endeavor that you have, so you you, you you mentioned that you're well, you're a strength and conditioning coach, but you also call yourself a faith coach. I really like that. That's pretty cool.
0: Well, when I went into the sports hall, uh, hall of fame out in Chicago with the Chicago Bears uh, football club owner out there, when he, and that was another surprise. I didn't even see that coming.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: he had heard about me and everything, and he had ducked me in the hall of fame. He called me that. I said, "You are a faith coach mm. because um, whenever I get involved in something, I just mm. don't do it halfway." Yeah. i get involved and i, I i'm not as uh to the word as you guys are and i try to be every day that's a challenge for me but i know what i feel in my heart sure um i okay. have one basic concept um today the kids are all have a lot of superheroes mm. um you know superman batman everything i got one superhero jesus is my superhero
2: oh, awesome
0: and that's <laughs> it and i won't wear anybody else's name on my back but i have a shirt that says irish nation on the front and on the back it has a Superman symbol and it says Jesus is my superhero. Yeah. It's the only name I'll ever wear on my back. Oh, that's um, great. Because th- that's what it's about. Mm. And if you wake up every day realizing that, that you know, y- you talk about sacrifice. Look what he did for us mm. so we could be who we are. Yeah. And you know, and, and I thank him every day for the platform he's given me. Mm. And I think we all have to understand that, and I know you do and you guys do. Understand when you're given a platform, how you're gonna use it. Mm. I've been given a platform where these kids will listen to me, so I'm going to use it to my fullest to spread my word about my strength training, mm-hmm. how we do things, my faith, but how it can all be brought together.
2: Yeah, yeah. You're, you're stra- tra- training the uh, the spirit as well as the body, which is uh, now, even mind, more body, important, and soul. Right? We talk
0: about that all the time.
2: Yeah, that's great. the kids
0: need that nowadays, <clears throat> and and they embrace it, mm. and I I think they embrace each uh, each other mm. because of that. Mm. I mean, we're, we're blessed. Right now, um, I think our group is over 400 kids strong at Notre Dame that are involved in the Catholic Athletes to Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, we last, coming off the uh, fall season, we had four teams that were doing Bible studies. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going into the winter now. We're getting our Bible studies set up and everything But um, faith is an important thing at Notre Dame. Mm. Notre Dame is a different place. And sometimes when people say um, it's not good to be different, Mm. it is good to be different Mm. because everybody can be normal. Sure. (laughs) Um, I've always said that, and I take a little bit of the Navy SEAL thing, I I think you have your flock, which is just every normal day people, Mm. and you have your wolves. Mm. They're the bad people out there. Mm. Well, I want my kids to be the sheepdogs. Mm. the people that take care of the flocks Mm. the people that watch over and it doesn't have to be by doing something spectacular like beating up a bully or anything it can be just by spreading the word Mm. spreading the word of faith you know and if you see somebody's lost help them out yeah Yeah. and and
3: live in the word i saw uh, yesterday on, on one of the videos i was looking about the reference to some service work that the guys do and that maybe there was a reintroduction uh, to minister at the Soup Kitchen, the football team we're taking on?
0: We help out with uh, Sacred Heart in Trenton with the uh, Soup Kitchen, with their turkey thing and everything. We're just coming off a major. Um, we have a soccer coach um, at Notre Dame, an assistant coach who uh, runs an organization called Joey's Little Angels. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, uh, about eight, nine years ago, he lost his infant son. to his disease, was in a hospital for a long period of time. So he took a negative a Thunderbolt, and turned it into a positive, created this Joey's Little Angels, where they collect toys around the holidays. Huh. And what they do, they send them out to hospitals all over the country. Because these kids that are in these hospitals don't have anything to play with, don't have anything. So he created this, and it started, I think, the first year they did it, they had 80 toys. Well, Notre Dame, our, our people from Notre Dame, are, um, we are service-oriented, we care about other people. We took over 1,100 toys, we took over 50 uh, 50 gift cards and over $400 in cash turned it over to him at the event he had at the Nottingham Ballroom the other day mm-hmm. but this was all from our people at Notre Dame <laughs> mm-hmm. and i think he's almost reaching 5000 toys now wow so there's 5000 toys that are going to be out there for kids who are going to be in the hospitals for the holidays with their parents mm. or they're going to have new toys
3: yeah wow. you know,
0: and, and and that's the kind of things we do and i could sit here all day and tell and talk about and brag about my kids and the teachers and the faculty and administration about the kind of service we do because mm-hmm. every day there's a service project going on mm-hmm. and that's the way it should be. Um, it's not about me. It's not about you. It's about others. Mm-hmm. And once you realize that, I, you know what, you're going to be okay in life mm-hmm. if you could realize what well, we were put on this earth to help each other out. Yeah. And, and I think that's the thing that I, the, the most important uh, message I try to get across to the kids.
2: Wow. That's great coach. That's so awesome. We um, have time for one more question yeah
3: we we've plenty of time so I'm just thinking uh, again um on the back of it, I know that you're um you're a family man and you 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 love your wife and you you have you love your kids and you love your grandkids um, I got nine, nine of them so <laughs> yeah that's amazing. I also saw yesterday that touched me was a love for what you call your sons right uh the 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 generations of athletes that you've been privileged and honored to work with. Uh, over the course of the year. Um, And in my mind, I really saw like an emotion, that deep, deep connection. Uh, Can you talk a little bit about that and how that happens and some of the things that maybe you're most proud of? Well,
0: one of the things you do, if you're going to spend a lot of time with me, um, we have our emotional highs and lows. I push kids. Again, I'm not easy to be around. I want to take them to another level. Um, So we we, we get close. But I also believe that we're in a day and age where coaches – um, not only have to worry about what happens on the field, they have to know their kids off the field. And, and I take great pleasure in saying that I know my kids. I could tell you what, what, what kids are coming from, divorced families, which kids are having problems. I know my kids. i become part of their life. Mm-hmm. They're with me all the time. And that's just not me as a strength coach. Most strength coaches spend more time with their kids than the normal position coach. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you figure I start with them now in December. Mm-hmm. The season for football, let's say, doesn't start till. August. They're with me four days a week. It's a good six point. Six o'clock in the morning, all the time with me. My athletes are with me all the time. And I get you say six
3: o'clock in the morning? Six o'clock yeah. in the morning we Before left. school, wow.
0: And um well you know what what happens, there's two reasons. One because football lives at a different level. Mm-hmm. Um our football kids um we were blessed this year. They had a great year. We were ten and one. We lost in the state championship, of uh, well, the semifinals, to the team that ended up winning the state. St. Peter's, right, in touchdown. Jersey City. Yeah, you almost beat them. they ended up winning the state.
2: You had them on the run. We ran out of time.
0: <laughs> we didn't lose the game. We ran yeah. out of time. Yep. And I was so proud of our kids and everything. But our first playoff game, and you talk about the love I have for these kids. And um, after the game, um, the coach, of course, talks to the team and everything. And I stay aside because I'm the strength coach now. I don't coach football anymore. And I understand my role and, and – um, my role is off the field more than it is on. And um, next thing I know, the whole team's running toward me. Oh, they're wow. hugging me, and they're loving me, and they're thanking me because it's their first win in the playoff three years.
2: In 15 and, years, right? at 15, Notre 15 Dame. years. yeah. 15 years.
0: And, that, you know, look, uh, yeah. I'm not a big believer in having material things anymore. I think as we all get older, we start mm-hmm. not worrying about them. Yeah. But it's there's things like that that I'll take with me for the rest of my life. Mm. And when it's my time to go hook sliding into the grave, and that's something that's going to go with me. That's a memory that I'll never lose. Yeah. The emotion. My wife was, you know, was standing there with me and she knows me. And I'm getting a little uh, choked up now because it was unbelievable.
3: Yeah. Mm. Uh, and
0: yeah. they are. They're my sons. Yeah. Um, any one of those kids that have ever worked it out in my room and daughters. Yeah. If you have committed to me, I will commit to you. You call me at three o'clock in the morning. You need me. I'll be there. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a relationship that we've developed. And that's the love I have for my kids. I have a huge family, just in my family, but I have an extended family, and and I believe in that. And um, I'm honored. I'm blessed. I thank God every day that I have that because I look around and and I watch. I watch kids come back and say things that I say over and over and over. Well, you know, I'll say it's not about you, it's not about me, it's about others, and I'll hear kids repeating that. I say, yes, they were listening to me. You know, and it's a great, great feeling.
2: Yeah, it's the snow, That's it's the uh, pebble in the pond with the yeah. ripple effect going out, right? Coach, I would actually, I always like to ask our guests, um, and I would like to make this a little bit about you. So, um, you've been a coach for a long time now, but what? How about your your faith? Like, when did what what happened? Is there a glory story like? So many of us, you know, when we were younger, we fell away from our faith for a long time. Something happened that brought us back. Sometimes it's dramatic. Sometimes it was gradual. What, 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 what's your I, your story? I think what story?
0: happened is um, the faith was always there. Like uh, mm. the coal was always on. The fire was there. But um, prior to my uh, life at Notre Dame, I was a police officer actually over in Falls Township in Pennsylvania. Oh, you were? And I got wow. hurt on the job. Um, mm. I had actually coached at Pensbury High School and was their strength coach. Okay. there coach football there was a police officer kind of did a little bit of everything mm-hmm. uh raising my kids and everything but uh when i got hurt on a job um i thought my life was over mm. and um i i always prayed but i, I had to turn to god and say well, what's going to happen now
2: how old were you then
0: um and then i was like 49 okay and uh, which is you know early to retire i'd done my uh, 22 years and I'm laying in my hospital bed and, you know, I've done a lot of praying and everything. And what happened when they took my knee out, my right knee, it got infected. Mm. And so I'm laying there with no knee in. Um, they're, they're putting big cement in. I've got all kind of pick lines. I had an infection. They couldn't mm. get rid of it. And uh, this uh, guy comes to my bedside uh, with a mutual friend, Chappy Moore. Mm. And he says, I want you to be my associate head coach. Coach football with me, and I want you to create a weight room at Notre Dame.
2: Chappie was the head football coach at the time. Well,
0: no, he had retired because he had the heart issues. Okay. And he was coming back.
2: Okay, gotcha. And he was
0: looking for somebody to come back with. Gotcha. And to our mutual friend who believed in me, um, he offered me the job. Wow. Here I'm laying on my hospital bed, no knee. Mm. You know, I'm all drugged out and everything. And I said, well, this is either real or you're sending me a message here, boss, talking about God (laughs) and everything. And um, it just went from there. Wow, and I remember when you know when I first had the surgery and I it was hard getting around. Chappie used to pick me up in his van, take me to clinics with him, and we developed such a great friendship mm. um, and everything. But he he was my angel. He mm. was my angel that was sent to me to resurrect my career and do what I really loved to do. Yeah, because for years I was working midnights as a cop, right. coaching football, working a weight room, spending time with my kids. My wife is an angel. my wife is my best friend. And she helped raise our family because with me helping everybody else, there has to be that given, uh, you know, take, um, I was blessed. And mm. that was my turning point mm. when I saw, wow, you know what? Cause I used to pray. I remember driving around in the police car saying, look, this is getting old midnights mm. coaching two hours sleep all the time. Yeah. You know, help me out of here. And then when the knee happened, I kind of joked and I said, that wasn't really funny. That's not what I was talking
2: about,
0: <laughs> uh, but, but it was, Yeah. and he had a plan. Yeah. And if I could tell anything, you know, we get all hyped up about everything anymore, but you know what? Trust in the plan. Mm-hmm. Go with the flow. Trust in His plan where He wants to take you. Yeah. You know, He took me here today. Yeah. Did I ever think I would have a podcast career, a radio career, be doing any kind of radio? No. Yeah. But if it's a great way if I can spread the word, then I'm doing my part. I, I've been given a platform and I'm going to use it.
2: Yeah. I yeah, mean, that's that's great. You know, it's uh, funny because some what is a seeming tragedy turned into the greatest thing that ever happened to you, right? It's like, you know, in in, uh, AA, they say from weakness comes strength, you know, and from your moment of weakness, look what's happened for the last year. And it was the best
0: thing that ever happened to me. I am blessed. Um, I thank God every day for where I am at Notre Dame. Um, Hopefully they don't want to kick me out the door because I don't plan on leaving. (laughs) I love what I do. I love working with the kids. It keeps you young. Yeah. You know, being around kids all the time keeps you young. I feel young. Um, I feel energized every day. I've never had a day where I didn't want to go to work.
2: Wow, that's and amazing. And I don't call it work. Yeah.
0: It's a passion to me.
2: And you probably can't say that about when you were a cop, right?
0: Um, <laughs> I loved what I did as a cop, but i tell you yeah. what, every day it was depressing. Yeah. You know, the holidays. The holidays as a police officer um, is the most depressing thing. It's to a hard job, yeah. So many it's bad things happen. So definitely, Which should be
2: a joyful time, right. and you, you see the other side of it, the things that aren't joyful that are happening no, they're in not. people's and, homes. And, yeah. and,
0: and God <laughs> bless all those guys out there doing the job, guys and women yeah. that are out there doing the job. My prayers go out to them. I don't know if I'd want to be a police officer nowadays with the way mm. the job has changed. Yeah. But just the, the emotion that goes into it, especially around the holidays, yeah. it's tough. Yeah. Yeah. Well,
2: we should uh, let our our listeners know that uh, you and Father Jason Parzinski from Notre Dame, right. who um, who you work with, uh, are going to have a, a show here. New local programming on uh, WFJS on Mondays, every Monday for a half hour, right? You for guys... a half
0: hour, it's three o'clock, I believe it is, and um, we're going to start out kind of explaining where we started with it, Notre Dame, how we started the Catholic, Catholic to Christ where our journey led us, and then we're going to kind of copy from you guys, because you guys... Uh, it's you okay, know, we, we copied
2: from other people. Oh, <laughs> well, good, that's what, what life's about, you know?
0: <laughs> Imitation is, you know, a compliment. So then we're going to bring a guest on. Um, mm-hmm. Probably not our first show. We already know our first guest is going to be a young man who is very special to me and Father Jason, is a uh, uh, Robbie Buecher, mm-hmm. who, um who is just a great kid. He's at West Point right now. But when he was at Notre Dame, he's the one that came to us and said, can we put a football Bible study together? And he kind of started the whole ball rolling with that and everything. So he'll be our first guest. He'll call in and we'll go from there.
2: We only have about a minute left, Coach. And I know also you have um, a retreat that you and Father Jason have organized. Maybe you want to uh – speak about that just January that uh,
0: 25th and 26th Father Jason and I are uh, through the Catholic outfit to Christ are running a Braveheart retreat it's a man's man thing father son type thing we got a lot of great guest speakers we got a great facilitator uh, Kevin Riley the ex-Eagle is going to be there to talk Mike Walsh who um, graduated from the Naval Academy, played, was a captain for the Navy football team. And is a Notre
2: Notre Dame grad. And
0: is a Notre Dame grad. Uh, The bishop, Bishop McConnell, is going to do mass sports. It's going to be manly. It's going to be a great father-son thing. It'll be at Hotel LBI. Um, Thank you, you Chris
2: Vernon. Yes, thank you,
0: Chris (laughs) Vernon. He is one of my angels. Yes. Um, If you need information about it, please contact me, uh, McKenna, at ndnj.org. Uh, email me, and I'll send you out all the information about it. Get on it, because we only have, out of 100 spots, we only have 17 left.
2: Only 17 only left? 17 wow. left. Okay, uh, that's well, great. we got
0: a lot of people signed up. They're excited about it. Um, we're going to be doing a lot of neat things. I don't want to let all the secrets out of the bag, but this is going to be a retreat for the ages.
2: Awesome. Thanks so much, Coach. Well, guys, it's been another uh, wonderful uh, time doing a show with Jez. I really appreciate you filling in for Bill Maher. Thank Enjoy. you.
3: Thank you for asking.
2: Our pleasure. And uh, have a great weekend, guys, a great month. Merry Christmas. Happy Advent and Merry Christmas to everybody. God bless.
3: Blessings. Thanks, Coach. God bless. Be blessed.